Welcome to IAQ Radio, the voice of the indoor air quality industry. Yes, the rules have changed. Listening from and welcome to Indoor Air Quality Radio, IAQ Radio for Friday, August 16th, 2013. This week, episode 296 comes to you from Studio D in Central City, Pennsylvania. My name is Radio Joe Hughes. Joining me in the studio is our new engineer, Jessica Lawson, and we've got our old engineer here too, Roxy V. Val Bender. Hi, everyone. Good day, Val. I'm in the middle of a bunch of beautiful women here. I'm a lucky kind of guy here in uh, Central City, Pennsylvania. Anyway, joining us from McKee's Rocks is the Z-Man, Cliff Zlotnick. Joe, it's a great Friday and glad to be here with you and our guest. And, of course, joining us later will be our technical director, Dr. Dietrich Weil. Today's segments include a, a IAQ Radio trivia question, and then we've got a great interview. Dina Dwyer-Owens. The CEO of the Dwyer Group is going to join us. We're going to talk a little bit about entrepreneurship and franchising and um, talk a little bit about the Rainbow franchise and uh, one of Cliff's old friends, her father, and we'll have a great time with that. We'll, of course, do the halftime and then finish it up with our roundup. Before we get started, let's thank our marquee sponsors. John Don Products, where restoration and abatement contractors shop. Visit them at www.johndon.com. J-O-N-D-O-N dot com. Clean Facts and Cleaning and Maintenance Management Magazine, your source for cleaning and maintenance news. Visit them at clean, C-L-E-A-N-F-A-X dot com and C-M-M-Online dot com. Please be sure to thank our sponsors for their support of IEQ Radio when you inquire about their services and products. And we also want to note that Indoor Environment Connections, the newspaper for the IAQ industry, is now online. They're up and running back every day. We've got new content at ieconnections.com. Of course, you can stream our shows directly from the website or download them by hitting the Go to Show button, and that will take you to the area where you can download shows, or you can always get them from iTunes. We also have... Renewal credits available for the ABIH, IICRC, and ACAC. Just email me at joe.hughes at iaqtraining.com. And last but not least, let's ask that you visit the IAQ Training Institute website for the most current dates for the training you trust at iaqtraining.com. Let's turn it over to the Z-Man for today's IAQ Radio trivia question. Thanks, Joe.
win a cool prize by outcompeting fellow IAQ radio listeners and being the first person to correctly answer the IAQ radio trivia question each week. Submitting your answer is very easy. Either email it to cslotnick at cs.com, or if you're listening to the show live via your computer, you can text in your answer. Congratulations. To IAQ, Susan Valenti, for being first person to identify Eliza Wright as the Yale graduate, sometimes referred to as the father of insurance regulation, who campaigned that insurance companies must retain financial reserves. The IAQ radio trivia question for Friday, August 16, 2013, has been sponsored by Triska the Tri-State Restorers and Specialty Cleaners Association who have been serving the needs of and advocating for their members for over 30 years. Remember, Triska is your link to industry training, certification, standards, and events. Check out their website, www.trsca.org. And I'm excited to report that IQ training summer break is being done next week with Triska. Check out the website for more details. Now for this week's IQ radio trivia question. From what language is the word franchise derived? Back to you, Joe. All right. Today's guest is Dina Dwyer Owens. She's the CEO of the Dwyer Group, uh, chairwoman and chief executive officer. And America knows her for participating in the CBS Emmy-winning hit reality show, Undercover Boss. I checked it out again this morning, actually. I, I, I did see it originally, but I wanted to rewatch it. It was a great show. And she was also on the Undercover Boss Epic Bosses program. A winner of the 2012 Ernst & Young Entrepreneur of the Year Award for the Southwest Area. She leads by example and credits a growing team from the franchise family she presides over today. She's a certified franchise executive with more than 30 years of industry experience and has grown up with the Dwyer Group. And the Dwyer Group includes the uh, groups are AirServe, Glass Doctor, Mr. Appliance, Mr. Electric, Mr. Rooter, Rainbow International, and the Ground Guys. I think most of our listeners would be most familiar with Rainbow International, but they all are pretty well-known companies in their own right. Anyway, I think we have some music. Uh, new key. Ha-ha. The franchise. AD and TT spinning the beats. Uh, can y'all feel that? Can y'all feel that? Uh. <laughs> That's a clip. All I don't right. know where you come up with these, buddy, but you, you are the best. All right, let's see if we've got our guest on the line. Hello, Dana. We call that music having fun in the process. <laughs> that was like great. That. I saw that. That's one of the, like, I forget what you call them, the principles of the company. And, and the last one, if I recall correctly, is to just have fun in the process. That's right. We call it the code of values. The code of values. That's what it was. All right, Cliff, I know this is one that you've really uh, looked forward to doing. I'm going to let you start it off if you would. Well, I, I want to welcome Dina, and, and uh, you know, I, I just want you to know that uh, I had a, a lot of admiration for your father, and, uh, you know, uh, I have a book autographed by him, uh, you know, Dying to be Rich, uh, How Adversity Leads to Success, and uh, yeah, I read it, and I, I learned a lot from it, and we're just really glad to have you uh, here, 
And uh, I'd like to just kind of go back to, you know, your roots in the business. Um, How old were you when you began working in the family business and what sorts of things did you do? Yes, so I think I was about 12 years old, so I was a young girl who really did not want to have to work, and my first job was at a full-service car wash that he had built here in Waco, Texas. And I I thought, you know, I love to exercise, so I wanted to work on the the back side of the car wash where you had to to detail the cars, you know, vacuum and wipe them down so I could get some exercise. But he said, no, I want you to work on the front side of the car wash and doing sales. So I would have to sell the customer on the uh, the car wash and, you know, maybe a polished wax or a detail job and, and pump their gas because we also sold gas. Yeah, I'm curious, you know, was, was your, I, I'm just, you made me think about it. Was your father, you know, this was probably a while back and men were a little more, oh, you know, women do certain jobs and, and he put you in the sales side of things. Did, did he envision you also going and, you know, actually – cleaning carpet and things of that nature? Yeah, Joe, he said uh, I would always be a leader of the company, but I had to start at the bottom. And, yes, I, I in fact, did clean carpets. Usually the the days that I was involved in cleaning carpets or cleaning up a flood was when uh, it was a a holiday. So he didn't want to bug his uh, his technicians or what we called route managers at the time. So he would have his kids go do that kind of work. (laughs) How many kids in the family, Dina? There are six of us, so there's two older sisters, and then me, and then I've got three younger brothers. Do they all participate in the company to this day, or I'm normally that wouldn't be the case. I'm just curious. Yeah, we all grew up in the business, and up until my father's death in 1994, um, all the kids were involved except for one brother in the business at that time. And, and the neat thing about uh, our company is there's a lot of different divisions, a lot of different companies. Uh, which you know, required different strengths. And so he put each one of the kids kind of in, in their own area of the business where they, they played to their strengths. Today, it's just my sister and I that are full-time in the Dwyer group. I see. Cliff? Well, I think that, um, you know, when your father passed away, uh, you know, it was a tragedy, I think, you know, for your family personally, uh, I think for your organization and just, you know, for business uh, in, in general. Based on lessons learned from your own personal experience, what advice can you provide to entrepreneurs about the importance of succession planning? Wow, that's a big one. Um, my father believed he would live to be 100. So he didn't do any, any real succession planning. Of course, he did train all of his kids to work very hard. So he taught us work ethic. And my mother did a great job teaching us about um, saying please and thank you and attending church and, and all those other things. Uh, but my father really didn't do any succession planning. In fact, he didn't even have insurance that I can remember until he took the company public in 1993, and unfortunately, he did not secure enough insurance. So I would say succession planning, you know, we're all going to go one day, so let's just face the fact <laughs> it's going to happen one day, and, and do your planning. And if your, your children, uh, your family are involved or not involved in the business, they need to understand how the business is set up, uh, you need to have wills. You need to have key man life insurance. You need to have a uh, a plan B. So if if the founder and, and driver of the company is not going to be there, who's going to who's going to take over and be training that person to be ready? That's the one thing he did right. He did work us all very hard. And even though his team was a I'd say a skinny team uh, of folks around him because he did a still relied on himself to do a lot of the work uh, back in the early 90s. Um, yet he was learning he needed to have more professional management around him. Uh, you've got to have somebody who 
understands the business and what it is you're doing so they can step in in case, you know, you're hit by a car. So the, the planning is absolutely imperative. And if he were here today, he'd be saying the same thing I'm saying. He should have just faced up to the fact that he's going to go one day and he better be prepared. So if it happens at an earlier time than you expected, your family's not left in a terrible position. And we're fortunate that uh, we had enough wherewithal um, to, to survive the death of a guy who was such an entrepreneur and such a driver. Such a big part of the company, too. Um, I'm curious. Uh, Cliff set up a question here, and I'm, I, I want to rearrange it just a little bit. Uh, it's about franchise ownership. And I guess what I, I had a call actually last night. And this is kind of ironic that uh, last night a good friend of mine and I were talking. And several years ago, I had talked to him about, you know, maybe you want to get yourself a franchise. Um, he just seems like the right person, the right fit for me. I'm curious, what do you look for in people who are interested in, in becoming a franchise owner? Is there a certain mold or model of person that does better than, say, someone else? That's a great question. You know, I, I think uh, that the most important thing is, is that it's somebody who is willing to follow the system. You know, it's one thing to go out and buy a brand new, let's just call it a Lexus, and, uh, you know, take the Lexus home and then yank the transmission out and, and be bothered that it's not running properly because <laughs> the transmission's not in it. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we're looking for franchisees who get that we're a solution to maybe a problem they already have in an existing business, or we can be the solution for them getting into business for the first time because the systems are already set up. And if folks will follow those systems, they will have success, but you can't do it halfway, you know, to come in and just follow half of the systems and expect, you know, the success that you had dreamt of, it's, it's just not going to happen. So we need people who are willing to follow the system. And do they come from all walks of life? I mean, you don't have to have an experience in, like, I noticed you have one group that does electrical repairs and another group that does plumbing. And then you've got the, the rainbow group that does a little mix of, you know, carpet cleaning and disaster restoration, etc. Do you look for people with certain experience it depends on the brand because we do have a diversity of brands. We have the seven businesses. So, you know, you mentioned Mr. Electric. We find that uh, folks that are already in the electrical uh, arena make great franchisees if, again, they're willing to follow the system because so many people are out there and they start out as a technician. So they're a great technician or a great electrician. And all of a sudden, more and more customers are saying, you know, I, I, I want you to do my work and I want you to do my friend's work. And, and, you know, this business begins to grow and they start hiring other people but they've never been taught how to be a business owner. So they don't know how to work on the business. All they know is how to work in the business. So what we find is that we can take those people and we can teach them how to be the CEOs of their business, to be business owners, and to get them out of the truck and run a successful operation. It's rare that somebody who starts off as an electrician says, I want to be an electrician the rest of my life, you know, in running their own business. Most of them want to grow a business and hire other folks to work for them and and achieve their dreams while they're helping those those frontline team members achieve their dreams. We do have businesses that are, are startups as well. You know, if, if you're a savvy business person and you see that, uh, like your friend Joe, you know, you, you see that starting a business from scratch just doesn't make great sense. I mean, just the learning curve alone is going to take a lot of time, eat a lot of time up that uh, you could be way ahead of the game. Sure. So somebody who's a savvy business person that gets, our, our, you just think about the restoration industry. I mean, we are really a recession-resistant industry. And that that man or woman could invest in a restoration company. Maybe they buy one that's already in business, one that's already existing, but maybe it's called Joe's Restoration. And, you know, when Joe leaves, who's going to buy Joe's Restoration when the customers are thinking it's all about Joe? 
But if we could take a guy who's not been in the business, buys Joe's Restoration, so he's got some business already, and converts that into a Rainbow International franchise, all of a sudden now you've got a nationally known brand name on it. You implement the systems in that existing business, and your friend who's bought this business now is running a successful successful operation. And he didn't have to be a, a, a restorer in the beginning or a carpet cleaner in the beginning. So it really runs the gamut. But I would tell you 60% of all new franchises are actually people that come from our industries. And it, what's interesting is some of them work for somebody else that's in our industries, and others are people who have been doing it 20, sometimes 30, and 40 years. And they're frustrated because they're working day and night. They're not making any money, and they certainly don't have a quality of life. And, and they look to us for the solution, and they say, you know, I'm, I'm tired. And there's no way I'm going to create the systems that Rainbow International's created over the past 32 years. You know, they might think they can come in here and sit through an orientation day and figure it out in a day, but you guys know better than that. It takes years of experience and having guys like Jack White um, and Rob White on the team who have had it, had the experience and done it, and they just continually improve the systems. You know, that, that really rings true for me. I have, and the girls can verify this, on the top of my I have a blackboard. I'm old, old-fashioned here. In my office, it says it's the process, and it's from a presentation that a guy by the name of John Tooley gave at a summer camp, and it, it just rung with me that, you know, you have to develop the process or the system, and then if people follow that system and it's, you know, a good system, they will be successful. I think that's really wise words for our listeners. Cliff? I just want to ask a, really a follow-up question back to uh, the, the, the systems that you were talking about. You know, with these divert with, with businesses that do diverse things under your umbrella, how much is the same, and where does it differ? So much of business is the same. You know, okay. and business is more complex today than ever, as you guys know. I mean, I, I just think about being a small business owner today and wondering where the heck you're supposed to put your advertising dollars. You know, the restoration industry, I, you know, I guess a lot of us are, are working with um, all these wonderful insurance companies out there, but in a lot of our businesses, I mean, we're, fi- we're trying to figure out who, who's the customer, you know, who do we need to market to? And think about being a guy out, a gal out there by yourself trying to run a small business. How do you figure out what SEO optimization is? What the heck is SEO? What's PTC? You know, what's pay-per-click? So when I think about our businesses across the board, we're all dealing with that. We're all trying to figure out where do we, we best invest our marketing dollars today. So there's so many similarities across our seven brands. And then the uniqueness has come on the technical side. So I would say um, we've got basic training next week. We'll probably have 40-some-odd new franchisees sitting in the room next week in Waco, Texas. And the first almost two days of that basic training is going to be together. You know, we'll, we'll do, do things together because recruiting and retention is the same, isn't it? Managing your, your numbers is the same. Marketing your business is the same. Uh, attracting and retaining customers is, is the same, basically. And then when you get into the technical side, for example, Rainbow right now, we've got uh, a room full of folks in Rainbow training doing their tech training this week. So they're doing technical training. They're working in Jack's house, learning how to, you know, clean up after a, a flood. Um, and then next week, they'll move into the business training. So I would say more is similar, <laughs> at least across our businesses, than not similar. Because I, I suspect that, that your businesses are primarily service-orientated, all, all of them. Okay. And I, I think that there are some parallels between these businesses. What is the importance of having core values? 
it's the foundation for everything we do here. And, you know, my father was brilliant, and it wasn't brilliant because he, he, he was born brilliant. He was brilliant because he studied leadership. He studied all the great leaders, whether they were business leaders, military leaders, church leaders. He just loved studying leaders. And when he founded the Dwyer Group, so in taking his first business, which was Guaranteed Systems, first franchise business, and then turning it into Rainbow International, he said, I've got to be clear about who I am and my expectations for this business and who I'm going to do business with. And that's where he came up with what, what he coined his code of values, which was more of a belief system, an emotional-based belief system, things like loyalty has meaning to our lives. And as I walk to my office every morning, I see a picture of my father. And the third value up on the wall, which are the original values, says we must re-earn our position every day in every way. So as a young person growing up in this business, he made it very clear to me that Celebrate what you, you did great yesterday. Learn from the, the, the failures and the mistakes you made yesterday. But today is a new day. And what are you going to do today to make a difference in the lives of the franchisees, the employees, the customers that you're touching? So, so he founded this business and he created a culture all around his values. When he died in 94, we said, we know the one thing we got to get right here without Don Dwyer physically being here is the culture. And the code of values is the culture. So we took his original values and we converted them into what we call our operationalized values, so very clear standards on what we expect from ourselves and what we expect from our employees and our franchisees that relates to how we work with each other um, with our, and with our end user customers. So they're imperative. In my mind, I don't know how businesses operate and are successful without them. All right, can you take a couple minutes and just you know go over them? You know, like sure. in a couple of minutes. A- absolutely. Great. You read my mind. So the, 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 <laughs> What'd you say, Joe? You read my mind. That was that's a great, okay. great idea. So, so the, the the overriding theme of our values is is we call it living rich, and it's not about money. Rich stands for respect, integrity, customer focus, and and my favorite, having fun in the process. So it's all about treating people with respect and dignity. And we believe if you do that well, then profit is the applause you get for doing that well. So in our minds. You know, don't don't get into business and just worry about the money. Get into business and do things right by your employees and your customers. And if you've got the right systems in place, you've got the right formula for profitability, you'll you'll be profitable. So respect has things like making only sorry treating others as we'd like to be treated, the golden rule. Um, listening with the intent to understand what is being said, and acknowledging that what is said is important to the speaker. Asking clarifying questions if they disagree or don't understand. And in our business, one that's really challenging <laughs> is speaking calmly and respectfully without profanity or sarcasm. You know, so many of our franchisees and employees come from the trades, and they use profanity like a sailor. But, you know, the sad thing is they don't even realize they're doing it. But, but what I know is the customer doesn't want to hear it, even if the customer uses profanity. They don't want to hear it from, from your frontline professionals that are serving their home or their business. So that, that's a couple of the, the ones under what we call respect. And under integrity, we have things like making only agreements we're willing, able, and intend to keep. Um, operating in a responsible manner above the line. You know, I can't stand it when somebody gives me all the reasons why they didn't get it done or they blame other people why they didn't get it done. We're all going to make mistakes, and sometimes we're just not going to get the things done. So you know what? Own it. (laughs) And and be accountable for it, and and let's just get it done. And and one of my favorites in that one, too, is is acknowledging everyone's right from their own perspective because Joe and Cliff, I'm sure you guys were raised by different parents. You know, so you're naturally going to have different perspectives. It's, it's not right or wrong. It's just life. It's the way it is. And so I try to encourage our employees and franchisees, don't get frustrated by that. Instead, take a deep breath and, and be curious about why Joe thinks differently than Cliff does. 
and, and try to see people's point of view. You don't have to agree with it, but, but just try to you know, recognize that there's going to be differences. Then, of course, we have customer focus, which is things like continuously striving to maximize internal and external customer loyalty. And at the Dwyer Group, we see our employees as an internal customer. If we treat them with respect and dignity, give them the proper tools and resources they need to do their jobs well, guess what? They'll be happy internal customers, and they'll take great care of our franchisees. And then the final one, as we've already said, is having fun in the process. And life's too short not to have some fun. And I think you guys have a lot of fun on your radio show. Yeah, we do. We definitely do. Cliff, do you want to follow up or do you want me to go? Um, no, I, I can follow up. Um, you know, I, I think, um, you know, based on the culture, um, do you have anything else that you want to say on what living rich means to you, Dina, that we haven't said already? You know, it's my, it's my biggest job. And I think about my role at the Dwyer Group. I'm only good at a few things, by the way. <laughs> So, so I'm only good at a few things, right. and, and one of the things that I, I am good at that I love to do is uh, working with people, and I love seeing the potential in people and helping people see that they can live these values, and when they do, life is better. Life is not better just at work, but life is better at home, at church, at school, at all the, all the places you have to deal with relationships. So I would just say that as leaders of organizations, I'm not sure who all the listeners are, but I know there's a, there's a lot of people who own their own businesses. And I know everybody who's out there listening right now is also a leader. If you influence anybody, you're a leader. And I would say to all you leaders, you've got to, you've got to be clear about your values and then not be afraid to be your best self and live those values. It's what our country needs today. It's what the world needs today. And imagine if the world operated with more people who are working hard to live by their values knowing that we're not perfect and we're going to make mistakes. But what, what, what a better place this world would be for not only us, but for our kids and our grandkids. Absolutely. Amen. It's, uh, you know, I've, I've got two young ladies here in the, uh, in the studio with me. I'm curious what your thoughts are on women going into the trades. Is that something you suggest, recommend, or something that uh, maybe you say, well, you might want to rethink that? I say absolutely. And hello, ladies. Uh, yes, Hello. I love the idea of women, women in the in the trades. If we you know if we want to call it the restoration industry trade, you know the neat thing about women in our businesses is they get the customer. When I first was invited to be the president and CEO of the Dwyer Group in 1998, we were publicly traded, and I was 35 years old, and I was put in as acting president and CEO because people thought, yeah, she's kind of young. The folks on my board thought I could do it, but you know people outside of the the, the board weren't so sure. I had a group of, uh, of uh, Mr. Reuter franchises who actually did a straw poll, and they said, we don't think she should be the, the permanent president and CEO. And I, I thought, wow, that's interesting. I should meet with these guys and find out why. So I asked to meet with them and, and sat face-to-face with the ringleader. And I said, I understand you, you did a vote, and I uh, voted out, <laughs> you know, even though I've not been given a chance yet. And I'd like to understand why you don't believe I'm the right person for the job. And they said, well, you, you're not a plumber. You don't know anything about plumbing. And I said, wow. You're right. I am not a plumber. And not that I don't know anything about plumbing, but I'm not a plumber. That, that is a fact. So I had to accept what was true about it. But I said, but I am the customer. 60% of the jobs that we do are with the woman of the house or the, the, the small business owner who happens to be a woman. Who better to run this business than somebody who understands the customer? And so the women that are out there, not only do we understand the customer, because we typically are the customer, we're the ones you have to empathize with, right, when there's a fire or flood in our homes. Sure. But not only are we the customer, we are more detailed-oriented, 
on average. And, you know, we're, we're collaborators. Um, so we, we, we get that sometimes there has to be some, some more discussion. And, you know, guys like my husband, they don't like to talk too much. He's only got so many words in a day, and he's using, using them up pretty early. <laughs> we, we, we kid about that, but, you know, we need men in our business, and the men are terrific. But I, I think that there's so much opportunity for women in our businesses, and especially in the restoration area. You know, there's so much detailed work that has to be done, but not just at the front line level. I think at the leadership level, we need we need more women involved. You know, I have to agree. We were at a conference not long ago, Cliff and I, and it. I think we both noticed a much larger group of women who are leaders, actually. These were people who ran companies at this conference. It was the largest I'd ever seen. Cliff, would you agree? No, absolutely. Yeah. And it, this was a, uh, a, a training, um, a small business training organization, actually, a violent management group and Joe and I were invited to uh, their event, you know, to attend it and then, you know, cover it uh, from the radio perspective. And there were a large number, I'd say maybe 30% of the people there were women who were running businesses and pretty good-sized businesses at that and successful companies. There's more and more every day, which is nice to see. And in, in, in our brands, you know, we've got seven brands. We have more women on the front line in, in Rainbow International, uh, but amongst all the brands, about 7% of our franchise owners are, are women, so they're the sole owner of the franchise, but we have a lot of husband and wife teams. More than 50% of our, our franchisees are husband and wife teams, so you've got, you know, sometimes it's the woman who's running the business and, and the husband's the one out there doing the, the tech training and, and the sales and the inspection of the jobs, but sometimes that, that role's reversed as well. I'm so excited about this, though, that we've, we've launched a program called Women in the Trades, and we just uh, awarded six scholarships to women who are, are interested in, in the trades. You know, whatever level, maybe they're looking for a certification with the IIRC, or maybe they're looking to get into uh, appliance repair. We, we don't care what area of the trade they want to get into. We want to help them pursue that opportunity. So we're about to launch another six scholarships as we go into the uh, the fourth quarter of this year. So. People can find out more about that at the Dwyer Group website, too, under Women in the Trades. We, we are excited about it, and we think it's good for the industry. So these scholarships are available strictly to your franchisees? Nope. Okay. Nope. We're making scholarships available to any women that are out there that would like to, to learn wow. more about being in the trades. And, again, they can just go to our website at DwyerGroup.com and look under the Women in the Trades uh, link. And it'll tell all about what, what has to happen for them to be qualified. And they're $1,500 scholarships, which $1,500 in our industries can get you a, right. a certification in some cases. Right. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Before we go to halftime, I, I have a quick question. You mentioned that 60% of the, of the time, and I, I want to make sure I got this right, your franchisees are working with a she woman. She said 60% as a, of franchises were conversions, which meant that I guess they were somehow involved in the industry before. Either they were the owner of an existing business or they were an employee of What I was wondering about is, is I thought you said 60% of the people that you do work for, who I guess are the decision maker, or maybe I misunderstood. No, but no, you heard that right. Both of those are right. Okay. 60% no. of our new franchises are awarded to people that come from the trades. But 60% of the customer, that the end-user customer that we're doing business with every day are women. Has that changed over the last 5, 10 years, do you know? 
that not number? much. Okay. Not much. I mean, there are a lot of husband and wives that are working now, but we still find that when it comes to the home, we're typically dealing with the, the woman of the house. So I thought maybe it was a little low because 60, I, I would think maybe even 70 or 80% of the time that the, the woman was home, but it might, you know, I guess it's to the point where uh, you're, you're at 60% and hopefully that will keep going down and you'll be at 50-50 someday. Anyway. Right. Let's go and take our halftime break. We have to thank some sponsors. We will be right back with the second half of our interview with Dina Dwyer Owens. Great interview. And we're going to talk in the second half a little bit more about the Undercover Boss Show. So stick with us for 90 seconds. We'll be right back. Thanks to our association sponsors, the Indoor Air Quality Association, IAQA, a nonprofit multidisciplinary organization dedicated to promoting the exchange of indoor environmental information through education and research. Visit them at www.iaqa.org. Well, let's try that again. That's all right. We're just going to cut it right there. <laughs> Had a little little mishap on the on the uh, engineering here. Cliff, do we have you back on the line? Yeah, I'm, I'm here, Joe. Right. I, I was a little nervous. <laughs> <laughs> I was... That's why we have Dina's emergency number. We never know with this, you know, with technology, what's going to happen for sure. Well, let's let's go into the second half of our interview here, Cliff. Do you want to start things out? Yeah, uh, Dina, can you, if you wouldn't mind, can you kind of share with us this process with uh, Undercover Boss? I mean, how did they find you or, or select you, uh, I, I guess, initially? And then we want to just talk a little bit more about the program. That's a, that's a fun question. I um, had a couple of friends that had been on Undercover Boss, and I don't watch much TV, but I happened to, to watch some of those episodes on Sunday nights with my, my family because we found them very interesting and entertaining. Mm-hmm. So two of my friends had been on um, – Steve Joyce with Choice Hotels and Shelly's son with Bright Star. And I thought, wait a second, if they can be an undercover boss, why can't we be an undercover boss? So I actually had my publicist do a little homework. And, and what we found was um, the, the viewers really wanted to see more women on uh, the, the show. And they also wanted to see more people of color on the show. So, you know, I filled the, the one for women. And so we reached out to Studio Lambert, introduced uh, who the Dwyer Group was. Interesting story, you know, a woman running a male-dominated business. Company celebrating its 30th anniversary, so we made it through the death of a founder and, and are you know move, moving along beautifully. And uh, I had a mission, and my mission was to find out if our code of values was truly penetrating the front lines. So Studio Lambert sends a casting director to Waco, Texas, within six weeks of that phone call. And you know they spent about three hours with me, just uh, really digging into who who's Dina Dwyer Owens, not only as a CEO but as a as a person, and sent off the uh, the tape to CBS, which is the network. And gave us the green light, which in a few weeks after that, and before you know it, we're, we're filming the episode in July of that uh, that same, not quarter, because we, we contacted them in April, and, and we ended up filming uh, in July, and then it aired January of 2012. 
you know, my wife, when she saw the episode, uh, you know, she thought that the coordination of your safety glasses and the pearls was pretty <laughs> nicely put together. Uh, well, what, what did you learn from, from this experience, and uh, how has it changed your life and, and the business? It's a very humbling experience. You know, first, of, first off, you guys should know that uh, I later learned that Studio Lambert and CBS talked to 800 CEOs before they find one that they want on the episode. Uh, and part of the reason is because many CEOs that they talk to have no interest in exposing themselves to their company in that manner. Because there's risk, right? There's risk being on a show like that. Absolutely. Uh, and, and, and for the Dwyer Group, we reached out to them. So what does that say to you? Hmm. Was, I, was I too worried about the risk? No. And you know why? It goes back to our code of values. Because I knew that the worst that can happen is we uncover something we didn't know about our company that could make us look bad, but we do what we can to address it because that's what we do with the code of values, right? We, we look for solutions. So that, that's an interesting piece. But what I've, what I've learned, I think professionally what I learned is that it was just a great reminder to me about the amazing work our frontline team members do and taking care of the end user customer. I, I know their work is hard. I mean, I did it when I was younger, some of it, not all of it, but I did some of that work when I was younger. I've mowed lawns and I've done, uh, you know, cleaning up after a flood and carpet cleaning, but I haven't done that in a long time. And, and to be out in the heat of the summer, whether you're in somebody's attic or, you know, you're in somebody's garage doing a water heater or whether you're out mowing a lawn in 118 heat index, these, these frontline team members work hard. And not only do they have to be great at the skill that they're doing, but they have to be great with people. I mean, it's it. we're in the people business. We're, we're here to fix the customer as much as we are to fix the problem. They expect the problem to be fixed, right, whether it's a plumbing or an appliance problem. Right. But they don't, they don't expect to have a great experience with a service provider. So it, it just gave me a whole new appreciation. And I'll tell you, when I, when I drive around even today, this morning I passed some guys that were working on the road digging up some concrete with a jackhammer. And, and I can't help but say a prayer for them and think their day is going to be long and hot. And God bless them because that is, that is tough work. And I think as customers, as consumers sometimes, we take it for granted that we have folks we can just pick up the phone and call that will do that work for us that we don't want to do for ourselves. So on the professional side, it, it just gave me a whole new level of appreciation for the people that we have working um, on the front line for the Dwyer brands and for the franchisees who have to hire those people and train those people and keep them motivated to continue to do what they do. On the personal side, um, I learned so many things about myself. <laughs> I'm not very good, first of all, at most of the jobs I did, <laughs> even though I try, I try hard. Um, the, the one thing that I probably learned about myself that will, will stay with me the rest of my life is never be afraid to just be me. Uh, and it started all with the casting interview. When, when the casting director came to Waco and they said, we want to know more about who Dina is. You know, we, we get you're a CEO. But this season, we want to talk about you personally. What do you do before you go to the office? What do you do when you come home at night? You know, where's your time spent when it's not on work? And, and that was the open door for me. Um, so I told him what I did in the morning. I said, you know, before I get out of bed, I, I count my blessings. I say my prayers. I've got so much to be grateful for. And then I make my son pancakes, chat with my husband over breakfast in the newspaper, and then I head to church. And this guy's from L.A., and he says, you do what? <laughs> I said, I head, I head to church. He said, wait, are you telling me you go to church every day before you come to the office? I said, well, I'd like to go every day, but I don't always make it every day, depending on my, my travel schedule. He says, why would you do that? I said, because I need it. I'm, I'm responsible for so many people and for so many things, and I have a big to-do list, like, like everybody does. 
But I said, I need a place to get grounded and stay grounded and keep things in perspective because those to-do lists can take control over you, right? Emails can take control over you. And I don't want that to happen in my life. I want to enjoy life. So I do it because it's the place I go to be, to be quiet and to, to be grounded and keep things in perspective. Many people go into their, their easy chair. You know, maybe they, they, they do a reading for the day or, or they just have a, a meditational time. But that's what I do. And so they say, can we follow you into the church? And I said, I don't know. Let's ask the priest. And sure enough, they let me. And you know what? Me being willing to say who I really was and then them airing it and, and showing, I'll tell you, 99% of what you saw in that episode was absolutely the way it happened. I mean, it's reality TV, and they have to squeeze a lot of things into 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. Right. But 99% of what they showed on that episode was absolutely what happened. Hmm. And I, I'm grateful for the opportunity they gave me and the learning I had uh, in, in working with our team members who were incredible people. But I'm grateful for how I've become better as a human being because of that experience. You know, I'm, I'm curious, you know, the people that you end up working with oftentimes – you know, they do very well as a result. At least they, they benefit in some way. D- does that cause some oh, jealousy or concerns from other people who did, weren't lucky enough to be the one chosen to be the person that you worked with and who got a new car or whatever? Let me, let me put it into perspective. Out of 2,000 personal communications that I received within three weeks after the show initially airing, maybe two of those 2,000 communications were people who uh, were victims, you know, um, the poor pity me, why couldn't I have been the one that was on the show and gotten the down payment on the house, et cetera. It was very, very little. And I don't know, that might have something to do with our core values and, you know, the fact that we should celebrate other people's successes. And and behind the scenes, maybe there was was more of that chatter than I heard, but uh, not very many people had the, the courage to come to me and whine about it. Oh, that's great to hear. I mean, I, I that gives me hope about people in general. That you know, that, mm-hmm. and I like the way you put it. That uh, you know, they were uh, they were happy that someone else did well, and that's the way we should all take it, I guess. But I just I was I've always been curious about that. I watch this show a lot, and uh, I find it very very interesting. And and your your particular one was really interesting too, because it was funny to see you kind of fumble with the screwdriver, and you know, but <laughs> you see. <I> <laughs> It seems like you did good with the water heater, though. How how, how did that turn I out? I did. I, I, I felt pretty good about that one. <laughs> that was a good one. All right, Cliff, let me get back to you. Okay, I, I think that, you know, unfortunately, uh, you and I didn't, you know, our, our paths crossed, but we didn't see each other at the RIA uh, convention earlier this year, Restoration Industry Association, where you were the keynote speaker. And I, I was wondering uh, if there was anything that you told those people that we haven't discussed today that we should really talk about. We've discussed some of it, but I think it's worth repeating, Cliff, and I'm sorry that we did not run into each other. What a wonderful event, by the way, and the people were amazing. It, it reminded me so much of the, the time I spent at, I spend at the International Franchise Association, friendly, warm people, willing to share best practices. Anyways, it was a great event. I was honored to be invited. So just as a review, you know, I talked about um, the Code of Values and Living Rich and, and tied it to my undercover boss experience because there were specific experiences I had while undercover that tied to every value that we had at the Dwyer Group. So, so the reminder is, as leaders, and we're all leaders, we need to have clarity about who we are and, and then be our best self, be our best authentic self. 
and, and that starts with knowing our values and living those values. And then if we own businesses, surrounding ourselves with people who have like values, you know, they, they believe in the same values that we have, and then systemize and internalize those values. So I think it's important. 95% of the companies that have written values or ethics do nothing with them once they're written, right? You do a strategic planning session, you write out your values or your ethics, and everybody gets excited about it, and you get back to work, and you get back to work, right? And it goes up on maybe a, a wall, or maybe it uh, goes into a brochure, but nobody talks about the values again, usually until the next strategic planning process. So take those values and make them a way of life. And the way we do it at the Dwyer Group is anytime we have three or more of our team members or our franchisees in a meeting, we take the time to review the values. And there are some days, guys, I will repeat the values six times, huh. and, and that's okay. But, but to mix it up, we'll um, say, in this meeting, why don't we just talk about a code of values story? Does anybody have a story they want to share where the code of values was implemented or maybe where we didn't implement the values and something went awry? Um, that happens all the time. We get, usually it's a positive thing, but sometimes you know, we, we just did a supervisor survey. So that's my, my fourth piece of advice is once you get your values in place and you have a system for those values and you're internalizing them, then measure your performance on a regular basis. So once a year at the Dwyer Group, every employee rates their supervisor on all 14 values, zero to 10. How is your supervisor doing? The good news is we got a 93 <laughs> across the board. But what we know is there are certain values that we, we have such an opportunity to get better at. One of them is responding in a timely fashion. You know, so we have to be honest with ourselves about those areas of improvement and then do something about it. So that's what I'd like to say. From RIA, we, we had a, it was a great audience, some great questions, but go into your business or even into your personal life, get clarity about your values, be your best self and live those. Surround yourself with people that, that believe in those values and, and life will be better, frankly. Um, systemize them, internalize them, and then measure your performance and something wonderful will happen if you do those things. You know, Dina, there was a follow-up show after the Undercover Boss. I, I Was it like Legends of... I, I didn't get a chance to dig into it that far. Can you tell us a little bit about that show? Yes, it was called Epic Bosses. That's um, it. So Studio Lambert and CBS decided they're, they're actually going into their fifth season now. So uh, aside from winning an Emmy, they continue to be on air. Um, they decided they wanted to have an epic employee episode where they would highlight 10 of the uh, most memorable employees of the, the four seasons. And then they wanted to have an epic bosses episode. Uh, again, where 10, 10 bosses that were most memorable were invited back to, to talk about what we're talking about today. You know, what are some of the lessons learned? And I was blessed to be uh, one of those CEOs uh, invited back. I see. Were any of your employees on there? Yeah, they they weren't. Well, well, they were in the Epic Bosses episode. Tana uh, Marino, the Mr. Appliance frontline team member, was on it. She was also invited um, for the employee episode, but they they had so many employees to choose from uh, that unfortunately she didn't she didn't make the final cut, but. Um, she was on mine, and, and we talked about the Women in the Trades program, which is something she's helping me with. Yeah, she was great. She was great. I'm glad to hear she's still working with you on that program. Okay. It's a great program. She actually is employed. She's employed at the corporate headquarters of Mr. Appliance now. Ah, okay. I actually had the uh, opportunity to work with one of the young ladies that was on another undercover boss at um, the Belfort Group, and uh, she had moved into doing training for them. So it's it's been a really good um, kind of launching place for many people in the industry. That that show's been uh, good for a lot of people, I believe. It really has, and Belfort had a wonderful episode. Uh, that was a very moving episode. It was very good. Cliff? 
Um, I, I think what what we what we should do before we bring Dieter in is why don't we finish up uh, with Dina in terms of the last couple of questions, uh, you know, so that we stay on track, Joe, and then you know bring Dieter in at the end for for final com- uh, final comments if that's okay with you. Sounds good. Dina, let's just talk about vision. You know, how has the view changed for you during your tenure as CEO of the Dwyer Group? Oh, gosh, that's that's a big question. You know, my father's um, personal mission, this ties to the vision, was to teach us principles and systems of personal and business success so that all people he touched would live happier, more successful lives. I'll never forget, as a young person, I I was attending Baylor University, and I went to one of the the annual conventions back then we might have had you know 36 franchisees in attendance and i'll never forget a franchisee who walked up to my father and i was just standing by his side and the franchisee said don and he was emotionally said i, I want to thank you he said this opportunity you've given me to be a franchisee has changed my life and i'm doing things with my family i only dreamt of doing and not only that i'm doing things with my employees they're buying their first home things are happening that i only dreamt of, of happening and as a young person standing there, I, my dad was always a workaholic, and I never quite understood it. I got it. So I think the vision for the Dwyer Group remains the same in that we're in the business of helping people have a better quality of life. We just happen to use franchising of their vehicles to do that, and, and we want to be the premier provider of, of specialty services worldwide. You know, So that's what we're aiming for when you, you get more specific about the businesses we're in. But I also remember my you know, my dad wanted to have 10,000 franchises doing a billion in system-wide sales. That was his, his big, you know, financial goal. And I tell you that, we looked at that and we thought, are you kidding me? 10,000 franchises? That's a lot of franchises to work with. So we, we over the years, have, have changed that significantly. We said, you know, we'd rather have 2,000. Let's have 2,000 franchises doing a billion and a half a year in system-wide sales. Because what that means is every franchisee is doing more on average, and every franchisee then is probably achieving more of their dreams um, than having to, to try to manage 10,000 franchises. So, so the financial side of that vision has changed significantly. Who was your father speaking to, and, and what did he mean when he said, I don't see you for what you are. I see you for what you could be. He was speaking to anybody and everybody that he came in contact with. You know, Don loved to do three things. He loved to build people. He loved to build businesses. And he loved to build buildings. But the thing he got the most pleasure out of was building people. And he saw potential in every person he met if they would only believe in themselves. I'm curious, how many, I I know somewhere I had it in here, but how many franchises do you have now? We have 1,600 franchisees, and uh, that that represents about 3,000 territories. Okay, so you're well on your way to that 2,000 mark. Yes, we are. Great. That's great. Well, I just, you know, we're, we're going to bring Dr. Wow in here in a minute before we do. And I, I know you're a very busy person, so uh, if you've got to leave right at 1, we, we understand that. And Dieter will come on. He'll he'll add a few things here. But um, before we before we do that, is there anything that I, – I guess let's do this in two parts. We always like to ask before the end of the show, is there anything that you would like to add? I, I'm kind of curious if there's anything you'd like to add just from the – the business side of things, but also, if you would, anything you'd like to add that we missed with respect to the undercover boss experience? Uh, the one thing that I'd like to, to t- touch base on is something we have called the Vet Friend Program. 
And in, in the early 90s during the Gulf War, my father served on the International Franchise Association Board. And he, he was a vet himself. And he said, you know what? We've got men and women protecting the front lines for us so that we can, in fact, live the American dream. What are we doing about it? What are we doing to say thanks to those folks? So he started a program called VetFran, which is Veterans in Franchise, sorry, Veterans in Transition Franchise Initiative. And we ran that program from Waco, Texas. We, we got the, the endorsement of the Small Business Administration, the Veterans Administration, and the International Franchise Association. But that program really operated at Waco. And the goal was to get franchisors, not just the Dwyer brands, but get franchisors to give veterans their best deal on a franchise opportunity so they could also live the American dream. So that program flourished in the early 90s up until my father's death. So in 94, we had so many other things we had to take care of that that program, we didn't continue it you know, on, on a national basis. We continued to do it at Dwyer, but not nationally. So in 2001, when 9-11 hit, I, I sat on the board of the International Franchise Association and said, we have got to do something about making VetFran uh, a program that is owned by the International Franchise Association, the IFA. And I've made a presentation to the board, and they unanimously said, you're right, we need to do that because the veterans deserve it. So today, I'm so proud to say we have over 500 franchisors. These are franchisors spanning over 300 different industries that are giving veterans, qualified veterans, their best deal on a franchise opportunity. And the Dwyer Group alone, we've awarded 230-some-odd franchises to veterans since we relaunched that program in late 2000, uh, sorry, 2002 and about a million six in discounts to veterans. So that's something I think the, the, the listeners need to hear, that there are opportunities for folks out there. Those veterans are out there. Thank you very much for your service. And uh, the Dwyer Group continues to, to promote this program to get more and more franchisors um, giving their best deal to veterans as our way of saying thanks to that, uh, the wonderful community of vets that are out there. Well, I bet they make great franchisees. Talk about people that can follow a system, huh? You got it. <laughs> That's great. And and anything on Undercover Boss? Oh, gosh. Um, there are so many experiences with Undercover Boss that I could talk about. But um, probably the greatest thing is is just, just a, a reminder to folks out there who are, are business owners and leaders, um, you know, attract the right people to your team and then, and then give them the praise they deserve because those folks work hard in our businesses. And there's a lot of them out there too. I, I really appreciate what you're saying. What you said about the guys working the jackhammer. You know, my son does construction and and a lot of others. And it's tough every day to get up and go out there and pine nails in a roof or jackhammer up a piece of whatever or do electrical work or whatever. It's it's tough to do. And uh, we have a really great group of people in this country out there doing that every day. And and sometimes I think we forget about that. So I'm really glad you brought that up. Let's go to the roundup, Cliff, if that works for you. Yeah, it does. Uh, before we do, Dina, how can people learn more about your, uh, you know, the opportunities? Can you provide the website, phone number, that sort of thing? Yes. Um, if they would like to have the website, it's www.dwyer, that's D-W-Y-E-R group, G-R-O-U-P, dot com, or you can go to rainbowinternational.com as well if that's easier to remember. And that's where you can find a slew of information from the VetFran program to women in the trades uh, to anything about any of our seven brands that we have. And, and there's contact information to get a hold of me. So if anybody would like to email me directly, I, I'm very good with email. Um, I travel a lot, so phone calls aren't as easy. But uh, I'd be happy to, to take somebody's email if they had any questions for me directly. Thank you so much, Joe. 
All right, let's, you know, before we go to the roundup, I've got a quick one. I just thought I, I've got to ask this question, Dina. What What is the up-and-coming area with respect to the types of services? You know, you do home services and business services, et cetera. I'm just curious, which of those areas seems to be growing? You know, I, I think I know what it is, but I'm going to let you tell me. Which is growing the fastest? Well, I, I'd say the two that are probably growing the fastest right now are the grounds guys which is the, the, the brand that we just launched in 2010. Uh, you know, if you remember, I was really bad on the lawnmower. Yeah. <laughs> uh, undercover boss. <laughs> uh, but the grounds guys is growing very rapidly. And then uh, Rainbow International, you know, Rainbow is, is our oldest brand that we founded, founded in 1981. But we are finding that so many people are, are getting interested in restoration. And, and over the past few years, we've had a lot of folks who have converted their new construction businesses and they become re- restoration companies. You know, new construction comes and goes. As those of you who know that we're in that business during the recession, you know, your businesses uh, may or may not have survived. I don't know. But uh, we, we found a lot of folks from the construction trade who said, enough of this new, new construction stuff. I, I want to get into a business that's going to be recession resistant and sustainable for me and my family. And you have, um, is it a magazine that, that seems to focus on a lot of energy efficiency and home improvements and so on and so forth. I, I remember yes, that we on your do. website. Uh, my, my Home Life yes. is the name of the magazine. If you went to myhomelife.com, uh, we have free subscriptions uh, for folks who are interested in subscribing. And it's a, it's a great uh, magazine for do-it-yourselfers as well as for those who don't want to do it themselves. And it's, it's an easy read, but great tips in that magazine. Yeah, I picked a couple of the. I thought they were very interesting. All right, let's let's go to the roundup. We've got to let you go in just a minute, but maybe we can squeeze a quick question or comment from Dr. White. Sure. Thank you. Move him on, hit him up, hit him up, move him on, move him on, hit him up, raw high. Cut him out, ride him in, ride him in, let him out, cut him out, ride him in, raw song always brings back memories, Cliff. All right, let's go to Dr. <laughs> Dietrich. Wow. Oh, where's, his, where's, his, where's his intro music? Wait a minute. I got a rookie engineer here. She got it. There we go. All right. <laughs> Hello, Dieter. Do we have you? Yes, I'm here. <laughs> Great to have you, Dieter, as always. Any any comments or questions for Dina? Oh, yes, I have. Of course, I have a bunch <laughs> of them. And uh, I listen very carefully. And yeah, what have we been talking about in the last hour? Common sense, which is so uncommon, it is unbelievable. You know, if you want to, if you want to be successful. Don't sit at home and say, maybe something good is going to happen. Get up and do it, damn it. It's as simple as that. Uh, A couple of other things, and they are completely unconnected. I would recommend to everybody to make a will, uh, because there is a good chance that you will die one way or another. (laughs) And if you have a will, life gets a heck of a lot easier for the survivors, believe me. So sooner or later, we're all going to go. Okay. Nina also mentioned, and that is my last word to everybody, the one good way to get in touch with me 
is with the email. I have a little whatever they are called, tablet or whatever they are, and that's um, uh, the first thing in the morning, the last thing in the evening, and I know if somebody, somebody leaves a message, I'm not at home, well, that's so be it. Um, and here comes my mailman, I catch him on the way back. Hello, Mr. Bidger. Catch you on the way back, I'm on my show. <laughs> Uh, of course, <laughs> if we would have <laughs> scheduled that. Now, here comes the other thing, which I think uh, Dina mentioned uh, very, very, very nicely and didn't really put an accent on it. Hey, look, you gotta, you got to have a, a, a goal. you got to go after it. Don't sit around. you got to work on it. And I, I, I will give the show to a couple of friends of mine. In fact, they're kids. They don't like to go to school. They said, oh, everything I need to know I get from my smartphone. I call them dumb phones because they think that is the panacea, that everything is right there. They don't have to open a book anymore. They don't have to learn anything anymore. Everything they need is there. Well, good luck. Uh, it just doesn't work that way. And uh, I, I grew up in a family uh, like uh, Dina. I mean, my father went to work and my mother raised me and my sister. And uh, uh, my father was, uh, uh, I mean, he got up at six o'clock in the morning, got home at nine o'clock at night and uh, was working and uh, was very, very successful. So, like I said, what, what Dina said is, I mean, it struck me, said, yes, that's the way it should be. But look at high school students, the seniors. They don't even know what they want later on. Wow. And that is amazing to me. And I see this coming down in this country. We just don't have uh, the, 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 the people who uh, can contribute. And I don't care what it is. Well, I think, you know, to do something right. But Dina's getting out there on the front line, Dina, and you're, you're finding that, you know, we've got a lot of good people. They need better direction, maybe. What do you think? They do. You know, one of the, the first classes I teach to all of our new franchisees and employees is called Design Your Life. And it's really a goal-setting class. We call it target setting. But the doctor's absolutely right. Um, we, we don't teach this stuff in school. We don't teach Oh, no, children. no, no. That would be terrible to do that. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And so that's the one thing, you know, when I do that class, I'm, I'm talking sometimes to people already in their 60s who are just now figuring out what it is they want to do with their life. Yeah, yeah. Well, hey, I just want to say thank you so much from from me and from, I know, uh, my my engineers here the for a wonderful, wonderful interview. And uh, we really appreciate having you join us. And, and it was very, I think, inspirational as well. Cliff, do you have any final comments? No, no. Thanks again, Dina. And, uh, you know, you're kind of a chip off the old block. And, uh, you know, it's just, <laughs> just great to, uh, to have you on today. And uh, tell Jack we're going to be calling on him sometime in the near future as well. So I will do that. Thank you so right. much for, for having me on, guys. It was a, it was a true pleasure. No problem. Uh, great to have you. This is Radio Joe Hughes Bye -bye. saying thank you to Dina Dwyer Owens, the CEO of the Dwyer Group, for joining us this week. Of course, to my co-host, the Z-Man, Cliff Zlotnick. Good to have you again, Cliff, if you're still there. Okay, and, and listening course, to everybody. Dr. Dietrich Wild, Dieter, I hope we, did you have any other comments you needed to get out there, or are we good to go? Really? Not really. Excellent. But 
Uh, you know, we, 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 we got to do uh, some very basic things before we learn how to do complicated things. And I think Dina said that just perfectly. I said, look, fellows, you know, you got to start on the bottom, know what the heck is going on, and then you can spread your wings. I have no problem with that whatsoever. Dieter, I look forward to getting together next week. We'll have a great time. Well, we have to, right? Yeah, and I got most of my stuff together already. Great. Well, (laughs) I will talk to you again later this afternoon. Excuse me. And, of course, I want to say thanks to – I have two engineers here today. I've got Roxy V. She's in, and she's helping our new one, uh, Jessica Lawson. Great job. Everything went well. And, of course, to our growing group of loyal listeners. Hey, by the way. It's summer break, uh, Cliff. We're going to take three weeks off. We will be back okay. in September with the next episode of IAQ Radio. You are muted. You are unmuted. Radio production.